Whoa, Brando! Like, we have a new show now. Yeah, Nate, it's crazy where our journeys have taken us. Yeah, life is crazy, but, uh, what exactly are we gonna talk about? Comics? Taken. Wrestling? Taken. Video games? That too. Politics? Too boring. Shoot. Doctor Who! Too British. Yeah, fine. What if we just riff and tell stories about our life experience? That's just crazy enough to work. How does uh, every other Friday sound to you? Dude, I'm down. Guys, check out our new show, The OGs, only on the Journey to Comics Network. What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 67 of Poor 360. Now, that is not the episode number that matters. This week, it is episode 300. Yes, this is episode 300 of the Journey Into Comics podcast, the podcast that spawned the network that this show is a part of. Now, it aired yesterday. Uh, so, if you had a chance to listen to it, definitely check it out. It has some great content. Um, there's some news. There's. Uh, guest hosts there is a lot of content i was on it um for a portion on yesterday's episode a lot of other hosts from the journey Comic network were a part of it so definitely check it out if you haven't it's a blast definitely shows there are big plans coming to the journey to comics network and with those three co-hosts they're gonna get the job done now that brings us back into this week's episode now this is episode 67 like i said i am your host andrew poor Thank you for joining me here today. Now, what are we going to talk about today? Now, I I know you probably are sick of the news and everything kind of going on in the world as much as I am because it's been crazy. I know last week I talked about everything going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, with the protests, with the riots, with the way Trump is reacting to all, all of it, and it was just a big mess. Now, and I, I talked about how the Trump was using religion... Um, for PR points, and it was all just using it as props and everything. And then I saw a few days after my episode that um, the Democrats in the House um, and Senate were shown uh, kneeling um, for, I think, the, the eight or nine minutes um, with uh, these kind of African um, kind of like scarves in it. Again, it seemed a lot like a PR move. It seemed like it was all for political points to see as a counterpoint. And it just, I didn't, I didn't agree with that either. I thought that was still, even if it was a gift, even if, um, if someone gave those to you, I think wearing up still just the, the optics of it are just not great. And I, I didn't approve that at all. And since then, there's been a lot of other kids happening. Like, um, there's been more protests, um, Actually, I saw two, um, since the last episode I recorded, there was, um, one in the city where I work and there was one in the city where I live. Both looked very peaceful. There was no issues. I saw the cops had kind of blocked off the road so there could be a march and everything went smooth and peaceful as all protests should go. I understand sometimes you have to, 
um, to make an omelet, you have to crack a couple eggs, but definitely was very smooth, and uh, I it was nice to see a lot of young people, a lot of diversity, a lot of uh, people from of all ages kind of taking part, and I think that's kind of what we need in this day and age. And really, I've kind of I've tried to stay out of the the political sphere as much as possible because just flipping the news, you see um, someone get shot in a uh, in a Wendy's parking lot by police. You see um, one uh, one news agency kind of say one thing, um, one say another, kind of phrasing. You see the body cam footage, and you see the camera footage of people also in the drive-through. And it, it doesn't look good for everyone. Obviously, I, I disagree um, that lethal force was needed. Uh, yes, the person did, uh, restricted run, did steal a taste. It, it's a big mess, and um, unfortunately, it, it ended the way it did, and it involved, and then it led to that Wendy's also being kind of burnt to the ground, even though, um, it besides being the place, it wasn't really involved. Um, there also was some issues with... Um, there was a, there was a man that was uh, hung in a tree in California. There's, it's just been a mess. But here we are. We are in um, Pride Month. We're getting close to uh, Juneteenth. That's another thing I want to talk about. Um, so Juneteenth, as you obviously know, um, is the day uh, noted as the end of slavery. It's when the the last set of slaves were. Uh, told that labor was over and they were free and yeah it was it's a uh, june 19th i forget the actual year uh let me look that up really quick just to make sure uh i'm giving that so it's it's yes june 19th um it commemorates june 19th of 1865 when junior general gordon granger read federal orders in galveston texas that all previously enslaved people in texas were free so it's also been called Freedom Day, uh, Emancipation Day. Um, obviously, this um, it took place after the end of the Civil War, but still, it was uh, it was nice to see that. Um, and this also were in, so Juneteenth were also in Pride Month, so a lot, a lot of news has happened there. One of the big things is that uh, Trump previously announced. Um, that he wanted to have a rally. He was he hasn't had one since basically, um, since everything kind of went under, um, since we all had to go into quarantine, and he's been itching to get involved in that. So he announced that he was going to have a rally. He was going to have it in Tulsa, uh, Oklahoma. He was going to have it on June nineteenth. So obviously June nineteenth, like I said, uh, is Juneteenth. Um, and also Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is a uh, a big uh, place with regards to um, kind of a, it's a it's a big uh, area for a kind of a tragic event that involved uh, a lot of um, violence towards Black people. Uh, this was recently highlighted uh, highlighted highlighted. It was recently highlighted on the TV show. Um, wow, I'm totally spacing out here. I wanted to say Westworld. It, Watchmen. It was recently on the, the show Watchmen, um, which was on HBO. It's about the Tulsa uh, massacre, which um, involved 
um, basically destroying and uh, murdering a lot of black people uh, in the Greenwood District of Tulsa, which was referred to as Black Wall Street. So this was back in 1921. Uh, it's just, um, it's just awful. It was race riot. It was, it was just a big mess and it's a tragic event. I, encourage everyone to kind of look into this this story here it's uh it's very important and a lot of people didn't know about they thought it was kind of made up for the show and it's definitely uh another dark side of our history in history that we keep continuing to make um even today and so uh, like i said trump decided he was gonna do it then and there and since then because of all the backlash regarding this he'd moved the date to the 20th kept in tulsa but he said uh, he encouraged him to move it off that date to as to not seem insensitive to the plight of the African Americans um, with regards to the date and the location. So, but we'll have to see kind of what he says at this rally. I'll definitely be diving into that on next week's episode or next episode, which will be will be the first week of July, last week of June. Where are we at here? It'll be the 29th. Um, or the 30th, sorry. The 30th will be uh, when that episode comes out. I'm definitely going to highlight that because it's interesting what he says regarding um, COVID, what he says regarding all of these protests, how he's talking to Soapbox, if he can climb up that ramp or if he's going to have to do a kind of silly walk like Monty Python to get down. That was kind of an interesting thing. Um, but... Um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of uh, crazy news uh, the past couple weeks. I tried to stay out of it because it's just awful. Um, but a nice thing that happened actually earlier today as I was recording um, regarding uh, the Civil Rights Act. And that is... So it says basically that gay rights are civil rights. So... Um, I want to make sure I have the right article here just to make sure I can explain this right. So the Supreme Court um, basically said today that federal civil rights laws protect LGBTQ workers. So they, they ruled earlier on Monday that it is illegal for an employer to fire someone because of their sexual orientation or gender identity, delivering a major victory in the fight for civil rights for the LGBTQ people. The court's ruling 6-3 uh, extends the scope of the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which bars discrimination on the basis of sex, race, color, national origin, and religion to include LGBTQ people. Chief Justice Rob, Justice John Roberts and Justice Neil Gorsh, Gorsuch, um, who authored the majority's opinion, joined the liberal ring of the bench and ruled that an employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender violates Title VII. Judges are not free to overlook plain statutory commands on the strength of nothing more than supposition about intention or guesswork about expectations, Gorsuch wrote. In Title VII, Congress adopted a broad language making it illegal for any employer to rely on an employee's sex when deciding to fire that employee. We don't hesitate to recognize today's as necessary consequence of that legislative choice. An employer who fires an individual merely for being gay or transgender defies that law. So that is some big news. Um... And that's um, nice to see that um, some conservative justice, especially a justice recently appointed uh, by Donald Trump, can, um, they were able to see this. And um, a definitely a good thing to see um, during Pride Month, especially um, when a lot of people are being uh, mistreated 
um, in this day and age. And there was something else um, that my wife uh, was talking about. And I just want to make sure um, and this is kind of a this is kind of an interesting thing because it was I when when she told me about it, I was kind of like yeah, so they give you something that's kind of... They give you something flash and then take something away that's more sinister at the same time. So, um, on the same day that uh, the Supreme Court ruled um, that uh, you can't be fired uh, based on your sexual orientation or gender identity, but they also rolled back Obama-era health care protections for transgender patients. So... Um, this decision was swiftly criticized by health advocates, insurance regulators, medical groups, and others. It was the latest Trump House move to chip away at the protections for LGBTQ Americans. So basically, um, the Trump administration Friday, so just a couple of days ago, overturned an Obama-era rule that banned discrimination against patients based on gender identity. The regulation from the HHS Office of Civil Rights drops protection based on gender identity from the ACA's chief anti-discriminatory discrimination provision OCR similarly ending non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people by modifying other CMS rules including standards for qualified health plans in the ACA marketplace even though they're not related to and predate the OCR rule uh, when the agency proposed the changes it expected half all covered entities to ditch their gender and sexual orientation non-discrimination policies as a result so basically um uh, after this from the Associated Press that said the Trump administration um, revokes transgender health protections says the Department of Health and Human Services said it will enforce sex discrimination protections according to the plain meaning of the word sex as male or female and is determined by biology. This rewrites an Obama-era regulation that set a broader understanding shaped by a person's internal sense of being male, female, neither or a combination. LGBTQ groups say explicit protections are needed for people seeking sex reassigned treatment and even for transgender people who need care for common illnesses such as diabetes or heart problems. So, that is interesting. So, like I said, it's kind of the government, um, the legislative branch being the Supreme Court, giving us um, something that is great, that's something that's necessary, and at the same time the Trump administration as the executive branch taking away something from the same group of people that arguably is uh, worse off. So it's kind of, yeah, it, it's just, I, I'm not a fan of this. I don't like that he keeps overturning these rules, especially you can see how he is with, um, with environmental protections. I just saw another friend of mine on Facebook shared something regarding, um, about, uh, Let's think where it was. Uh, where was this? Yeah, it was the... Um, when was this? So Trump... Where does it say here? So this is from uh, a little while... So it said Trump illegally eliminates protection for first and only monument in the Atlantic Ocean. So teeming with ancient coral, marine mammals, seabirds, and undiscovered species, the Northeast Canyon Seamount's Marine National Monument is no long is no place for commercial fishing. So just one day after issuing executive order that allows polluters to skirt bedrock environmental laws, President Trump signed an order today in the middle of a nation in crisis, this time stripping essential protections from the Northeast Canyons and Seamount's Marine National Monument, 
located on off the coast of southern New England. These nearly 5,000 square miles of Atlantic are home to more than 1,000 remarkable species. Today's decision is an illegal attempt to open the region up to industrial fishing and to pad Trump's record as the most environmentally destructive president in the nation's history. Those fragile, extraordinary ocean areas are full of 1,000-year-old corals, endangered whales, and other precious marine life. They, all belong, they belong to all Americans, and they are held in trust for future generations. So this was established in 2016, um, before uh, former President Obama left office. Um... It features dramatic underwater terrain with canyons that revel the depth of the Grand Canyon and steep underwater mountains higher than anything east of the Rockies. It's also a hotspot of biodiversity teaming with ancient coral, giant fish, and undiscovered species, as well as the important nursery area for dolphins and whales. Scientists believe that these types of sanctuaries are essential to providing the ocean with resilience to withstand climate warming. All commercial extraction is prohibited in the monument in order to protect these species and vulnerable ecosystems from scientific investigations as a part of the country's natural heritage. In 2017, former U.S. Department of Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke, a uh, guy I've talked about in past episodes, recommended opening up the monument to commercial fishing. But even when following fisheries management laws, commercial fishing negatively impacts ocean ecosystems, particularly vulnerable ones like the Northeast Canyons and Seamounts. Commercial fishing posed a range of threats such as harm to deep-sea corals from heavy fishing gear and entanglement of marine mammals in fish in thick lines and nets. Uh, recreational fishing is allowed in the monument, however. Um, the Trump administration claims the decision to roll back protections will boost jobs and growth in the fishing economy in the wake of COVID-19. These claims are empty as the Washington Post revealed the administration's own staffers intentionally hid information in 2017 that undermined their case for opening the monument back up. Specifically, the fact that fishing vessels near the monument generated a mere 5% of their annual catch from within the monument. And the government's own data shows that revenues and catch in the relevant fisheries are up the same since the monument's designation. But regardless of the impact on the industry, the president simply does not have the authority to issue such a rollback. Submit change to the monument or protection, such as allowing commercial fishing, must be done by Congress, not by the President. Uh, Sewell says the Antiquities Act gives the President power to protect special areas for future generations, not the opposite power to abolish those protections. The monument status has already been defended by the groups, including in 2019, by attack from fishing industry groups. We are prepared to sue the administration to protect the ocean treasures from harm and exploitation by commercial fishing and other extractive industries. So let's hope that get squashed and that remains a sanctuary for um exotic and different sea life so basically what it kind of goes shows that trump's still very keen to do whatever he feels is necessary and whatever he kind of wants now let's take this to google news which is a place i go to on a regular basis kind of see what is going on with kind of everything here so We'll see if I find any articles. Um, while, while I'm looking, I'll kind of talk about the fact that uh, for the first time, kind of since everything's wonder, I had my I went out to eat at a restaurant in Illinois, where I live. Uh, they've recently allowed a lot of outside dining options. So uh, on Friday, I actually uh, went out to a restaurant that was in the mall. The mall has kind of opened, but a lot of stores in it have not. But it had outside dining, kind of a covered patio, well separated. I had my mask on when I wasn't eating or drinking. And um, yeah, it was nice to actually get out, have a meal, um, and kind of just kind of sit out, eat outside, and kind of relax, and kind of enjoy not eating in your home or on your property uh, for once in a, quite a few months. But it was uh, it was it was nice. The weather was a little cold. Um, 
Kind of this whole weekend was a little chilly uh, compared to the past couple weeks where it's been like in the 80s. But it was nice to get out and kind of relax, see some friends, and still be uh, safe and responsible, practice the social distancing. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing more of that because it's going to be a bit to be stir-crazy, but you still have to be mindful, making sure that people are practicing. And there are some restaurants that I've still refused, my wife and I refused to go to because they're not practicing the social distancing. There are tables that are too close together. There are people at outside bars next to each other not wearing masks or only one is wearing masks or they're just kind of skirting all of the rules altogether. And that's not a place I want to be because the there could be a second wave. It seems likely, um, even though we in Illinois, we are soon to be entering phase four, which means like movie theaters can open and other places can resume a, some sense of normalcy. We'll see how fast uh, that happens. We'll see how long it lasts before we might regress if cases do climb. Illinois did have one of the largest decline in cases uh, compared to other states that have reopened more recently that have a increase in the number of cases. Uh, let's see. Um, apparently, uh, Trump tried to dismiss the uptick in U.S. coronavirus cases and suggests that we stop testing. Yikes. Um, another big uh, news that I think I will share as well, if it'll let me open the article. One thing, if you do find your news online, you find news like New York Times, uh, Washington Post, some of that, that you can't actually open the article. Uh, yeah, like this one. I will not be able to read it, but luckily, if you go through Google News, it does give you um, some options to open them in other places. Oh, that is a YouTube video. That is not going to be helpful uh, for today. But let's see if this CBS News is also a YouTube video. Great. So basically what it says is that the NYPD is eliminating plain clothes anti-crime units in a move toward more community policing. So they have reassigned roughly 600 plain clothes officers, closing a chapter on stop and frisk. That is big news for New York City. I, I applaud the decision. I think it is necessary Especially days where people are finding it difficult to trust the police. There have been chance of defunding the police, which I should be known is probably being misconstrued because it's not asking for a total, uh, basically taking all the money out of the police and just not having a police force anymore. It's staying of basically taking them to a certain level, kind of reforming it, using that money for better purposes so that the police force isn't the end-all be-all for all issues with regarding 911. That's using money for um, like social workers, mental health care workers, um, medical personnel, just ways to better utilize that money. I should give it to teachers since they're the ones that are always struggling um, financially in terms of having to um, pay for a lot of their own supplies, um, not getting paid as well as they should for the work that they do. And I might be a little biased because... Um, my grandmother was a teacher, my mother was a teacher, and my wife is a teacher, so I might be a little biased with regards to that, but uh, I think um, there definitely is um, ways that they could better allocate the money that is used for the police force. Obviously, the police, I will say, is necessary, um, but I do think they they don't need a sports car with uh, police lights on it, or a tank. I think... Um, we don't need the police to be the military or to have the military capabilities. I understand they need to defend against whatever the potential threats could be. We do also have a military for that if things do get out of hand or a SWAT team or a, um, 
a more uh, important faction, but I think the fact that we've seen over the recent weeks how armored the police can be from uh, large cities to small cities that it's kind of getting out of hand, and I think maybe uh, taking some of that money and using it um, would be better uh, suited for others. And also the fact that we know that a lot of the money that is goes to like police and fire and medical is all like the pension system, which I know is a drain on a lot of um, local and state economies. So we'll kind of see what can be done there. But I'm not calling for an all-out disbandment of the police force in the U.S. because that would just lead to chaos and anarchy, and I'm, I'm not for that. Um, but we'll kind of see how all of that shakes out. Um, now, um, really, there hasn't been um, too much other uh, craziness. I guess uh, this is kind of uh, something I saw, also saw today. There's, there was a lot of news today regarding kind of the state of the world, and this is kind of a more of a foodies thing, but it is something that I saw that I do care about because I do listen to podcasts about movies and film, is that... Because of the um, because of COVID and because of everything else going around it, they have moved the um, the Academy Awards, which are traditionally in uh, late February to uh, April twenty fifth. So they moved it pretty much a full two months back uh, due to basically losing a few months of releases. So it also shifts eligibilities to usually instead of being December thirty first to being like February twenty eighth now. So basically, a movie could premiere in January or February of this year and still qualify technically for the 2020... Um, or a 2021 film can still qualify for the, technically the 2020 Academy Awards. It's it's all kind of weird. Um, but the nice thing is they've also decided they're going to go to um, a 10 Best Picture uh, nominees which uh, up to this point has usually been an up to 10 rule. So they're anywhere from like 8 to 10. Typically they had to have a certain uh, qualification or a certain number of nominations um, to be nominated. It's kind of weird. They have to be... So like obviously everyone doesn't have like a box to check. They basically they put in their top 10 or however many they get. And then a certain movie needs a certain number of votes in someone's top 10 to get in the the overall uh, list. And if a movie doesn't meet it, then it doesn't get it. And typically only eight or nine uh, movies get that recognition. But now it's going to be a 10, which we've done in the past. But even not too long ago, it was just five. So I think it's nice change to allow more movies to be seen because a lot of people who don't go to the movies all that often or uh, big moviegoers, especially now, I don't know how many people are going to be rushing out in mid-July to go see Tenant um, when they've been cooped up for so long. I have gone probably the longest, um, the longest time I have not been to a movie theater since I could see movies. Um, well, I mean, that's not true. But um, in my adult life, it's probably the longest stretch that I have not been in a movie theater. Because it's going on three months now. And um, to kind of say this way, I saw like 12 movies in theaters prior to that in 2020 so yeah that's that's pretty crazy so in the first three months of the year i saw 12 movies and i it's a little skewed because i did see um the best picture showcase i do every february 
where I see all the Best Picture nominees, which usually amounts to seven or eight movies. So um, it's not like I went every weekend, but I did see quite a few movies, and I think 12 could even be a, a little light. I might have seen more than that because I saw... Right everything because I saw The Hunt, I saw um, Birds of Prey, and I saw... Uh, the Invisible Man right before everything kind of closed up and those movies are all out on DVD or Blu-ray or digital right now so it shows how long things have been kind of closed up I'm dying to go to a movie theater have my big drink my big popcorn and enjoy a movie and watch the trailers but I'm not too keen about just rushing back right when it opens because obviously they're going to have to do a capacity cap of like 25% 20% I'm also going to be in a big box with other people who are eating and drinking and coughing and doing whatever in a place that's circulating air that already gets hot enough so not too appetizing uh an idea but if there's a movie i want to see bad enough i will definitely venture out i will have a mask i might not have concessions even though i'm dying for some movie theater popcorn but we'll kind of have to see how this all shakes out um but it is kind of crazy um my changes i know uh, a lot of TV shows still haven't gone back to film, so I don't know what the fall's going to look like in terms of entertainment industry. I saw something that uh, Jurassic uh, World um, Dominion, or I don't know if it's something with Dominion in the title, that they're planning to be like the first film to go back into production over in London. Um, so we'll kind of see how that happens. I know the CW is going through some strife because um, they just fired... Um, uh, what is it? Uh, is it Hartley Sawyer? Sawyer? I I forget the guy's name. Uh, he played the elongated man, and he, uh, due to some uh tweets in the past, um, the CW Warner Brothers kind of let him go. It's very reminiscent of uh James Gunn's issue um just last year that involved him getting um basically fired from Marvel. Then guys, DC gig, and then he got his Marvel gig back. So we'll see if it kind of circles back to him getting um, his job back. We also saw that the actress who played Batwoman um, that she um, quit. And the fact they're not recasting her instead of trying to go a different direction with the show is a little weird for me. I still have not watched all of the show uh, of their first season. It was just. I got behind, and then I just haven't got a chance to get back into it, and I should watch it, but I still haven't finished the um, other CW shows like um, Legends of Tomorrow, um, which I know one of their characters was leaving too, but I think that was a planned leave. It wasn't sudden. But it's definitely a weird time to be kind of watching TV shows and movies because everything's kind of in flux, and really entertainment in general because I know um, like music artists... Aren't, haven't been touring they may be working on albums but they can't really get in a booth together with their bandmates because of all the coronavirus restrictions so it's not like we're going to see new albums right away a lot of them have been doing uh, new content like uh, YouTube videos and maybe writing songs but I think it'll be definitely interesting but I know it's and I know other places have like cancelled film or like music festivals and all of that I think all the Chicago ones were already cancelled so definitely is a strange time but we are entering some semblance of a phase four so we'll kind of have to see how fast things maybe return to normal or if we're just gonna open up everything's gonna get terrible and we're all gonna go back inside but um all we can do is hope 
and it's going to see what the future brings. But, sorry, I feel like I've been saying a lot of but tonight. Uh, it's been kind of crazy. Um, we've been doing a lot of cleaning out and putting stuff up on like the Facebook Marketplace, so my phone's been kind of going off since I've been recording, so I didn't heal all of, uh, mute all of my notifications so I could do this undistracted. Undistracted? Is that even a word? I don't know. It's getting late, I'm getting a little tired, but I think I should probably wrap this up before I start to ramble. But, like I said, this has been episode 67 of Poor360. I will be back in two weeks to talk about more stuff. I definitely want to get a guest on here soon. I feel like it's been a while. Maybe I'll get Nate or one of the uh, JIC guys, or maybe even Dick, to kind of get on and talk and get some other feedback of people about this whole coronavirus time, about what everyone's been doing, what they think of the state of the world, and what are the hopes of Trump getting reelected, losing his election, if there being some coup at either convention. Um, we Oh, that was one thing else we didn't talk about, the fact that um, the Republican National Convention was supposed to be in Charlotte, but that got moved to Jacksonville, Florida, and they've kind of changed the, the scope and feel of it to try and make it a little different because of everything going on in the restrictions. So we'll have to see what happens there. So far, Pence is still going to be the VP. We don't have a VP on Biden's so idea. I don't know who's going to pick it. I know I looked the other day that Hillary in 2016 announced her VP on the 22nd of July. So we'll have to see uh, in the next month, or within the next month, that uh, Biden will probably announce his running mate, which already says is going to be female, most likely uh, a minority. At least that's what all of the... The pundits out there are saying um, it's going to kind of be like a reverse um, Barack Obama situation uh, from from 2008. So it's going to be um, probably an old white man and a young um, kind of minority is kind of what I'm guessing is going to be. But we'll have to see. I know there's been like names put around like um, Stacey Abrams or Kamala Harris or um, Warren... Klobuchar, I think, was in the running until all that stuff happened in Minnesota. I don't know. We'll kind of see what shakes out. But I think uh, an older white woman probably wouldn't help things. So I think it's got to be a minority. Um, not that race really matters when it comes to politics, but from an optics and from an appeal to um, other voters and other types of voters, it's kind of a thing. So, But I think uh, that'll do it for this week's episode. I have been Andrew Poor, and you guys have a great week.